Hello, and welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast with me, Melissa K. Norris, inspiring your faith and pioneer roots with old-fashioned wisdom and skill sets for a modern world. This is episode number 107, and we are going back 100 years or more and looking at a pioneer kitchen, specifically kitchen basics and kitchen tools that you would have found 100 years ago and even further back reaching into the pioneer days that are still used in today's modern kitchen and you should be using in yours. So I'm going to walk you through my absolute favorites and the ones that we use the most. Plus, I have a very special download guide for you guys, which you can find by going to melissaknorris.com, clicking on the podcast button, and this is episode number 107. And within there, I have a free download guide that walks you through with pictures step-by-step on how to cook outdoors with an old-fashioned cast iron Dutch oven. One of the really cool things is I love looking back at the pioneers and some of the basic tools and sets that people had that really still apply to us today. But I have to tell you, I am glad that I don't have to shovel out a wood cook stove and have to bring in all of the kindling and wait for that to come up to heat. There are some modern conveniences that I am super glad to have, but I really like stocking the basics. And we actually have a wood stove that we use for our heat source, so I get plenty of practice shoveling out the ashes in that and keeping that stocked with wood. But I am really grateful for some of our modern conveniences. Today's episode is brought to you from our live Pioneering Today show. Every Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time, you can join me for the live filming and broadcasting of the Pioneering Today show on our Facebook page. So for details on that, you can go to melissaknorris.com and click on that podcast button. Or if you want to get a reminder sent to you, just simply go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Melissa K. Norris. And in the private message box, shoot me a message that says, remind me. And we have this really cool software that will send you a reminder message that we're about to go live 10 minutes before we start. Cause I don't know about you guys, but we all got so much going on, right? And there's so many things that I want to remember and catch. And then I get busy and forget. So it'll just send you a really quick reminder so that you, when you're able to, that you can catch it live. And if not, we always have the Pioneering Today podcast here. And if you're listening via Stitcher or iTunes or even on the website, thank you so much. I always love to listen to podcasts on the go and when I'm doing other things. But I would love to invite you to be part of the live show too because you can ask questions and I actually get a visit with you guys, which is fun. Today's episode is sponsored by the Made From Scratch Life, Simple Ways to Create a Natural Home, one of my all-time favorite books, as well as the Pioneering Today Academy. The Pioneering Today Academy has five generations of homesteading wisdom all in one place, and you can check that out as well at melissaknorris.com slash pioneeringtodayacademy. Up first that we're going to be talking about is knives. A knife was something that most of us have today, but was really important in the pioneer days, and specifically some of the knives. This is a skinning knife, and this knife, actually, my husband makes a lot of our knives, so he made this knife. He also has made this knife, too, and it helps that he works 
with wood so he gets some really lovely wood scraps that he can then make into custom handles but this is one that was definitely used in a pioneer home and that a lot of homes today might not necessarily have this type of blade which is a skinning knife obviously in the pioneer days they weren't getting all of their meat done up for them where it was all skinned and portioned out in nice little trays wrapped in plastic wrap ready to go so having a skinning knife is a really good tool to have obviously for skinning now, I know not all of you are going to be butchering your own animals. We do butcher some of our own animals here, so a skinning knife is essential. But my husband actually prefers to use this knife for not just skinning, but for chopping up a lot of things. So he'll use it when he's trimming up a steak or a lot of other just he uses it as his main meat knife in the kitchen. So this is a really nice knife to have, but definitely a pioneer staple. One of the other knives that I really like is this knife here and my husband did make this one too I like the wooden handles my hands don't slip on them as easily and I like this one it's a little bit more robust than say a paring knife but it's not as big as a chef's knife so this is one that I use frequently as well but having a good knife set is so essential then the other knife that I use a lot is just as a chef's knife which a lot of people have a chef's knife but knives are really important especially if we look back in the pioneer days because they were, and this is definitely a tip for us, is they had the whole animal, right? Of course, they were butchering it themselves, but they used the whole animal. So if you're looking to cut costs and to get a lot more dollar out of the items that you're buying, if you've got some knives like this and you can buy, you know, for example, buy a whole chicken, then you cut that up yourself or roast it whole, then you reuse the bones to make broth. You can skin it if you want. I prefer to leave the skin on. But there's just so many ways that we can use things from the pioneers in our lives today that are going to save us money and are going to be better for us. So that's one tip is to just purchase stuff with the bone in, you know, the whole roast, and then we can use those bones, the whole chicken. One of our favorite things is actually to get that we do have to skin ourselves as grouse. They're not in season yet, but that's one of our favorites. And so that's totally from the pioneer days. But I think that it's really important that we still have these skill sets and that we pass them down because one of the dangers of living in a push-button, ready-to-go, prepackaged society is we begin to lose those skill sets. So like, for example, to actually know how to skin and to properly cut up a whole animal, right? Like a whole chicken. A lot of people don't have. Now, for a lot of us, we do that all the time. It doesn't really seem like much. But for some people, they've never actually carved out an entire animal or cut up a whole chicken for use. I think it's really important that we share and that we teach these skill sets and we learn them if we don't learn them already so that we have these knowledge to pass down from those who went before us to the next generation. So knowing how to use these basic tools and to prepare meals for your family is something that every household and person I think should possess. I have to say, I prefer grouse over chicken. It's like my favorite white meat. And I know that it's something that not everybody has access to in their area or that can do, but if you ever get the chance to have grouse, they're fabulous, totally my favorite. I consider them a delicacy. We don't get them very often, but I totally love them. Now we got to talk about my other darling. This is making a big comeback and a lot of people have them is cast iron, right? Love, love my cast iron. But something that not everybody has or knows how to use within cast iron, especially as much as the pioneers did, is a spider Dutch oven. This one's heavy, so you get a good muscle workout. Those pioneers were tough and you will be too. 
This is a spider Dutch oven. The reason it's called a spider is it's got three legs here on the bottom. There's a very good purpose for that. The spider Dutch oven, the pioneers, they were moving a lot, right? And so they didn't have the convenience of, I actually have my, my range and my oven is right here beneath us. But they didn't have the convenience of that, but they still needed to be able to prepare food for their family. A cast iron Dutch oven is fabulous, especially with the spider, for cooking outside. Because a lot of people have got the enamelware Dutch ovens like this one that you're used to cooking with in the oven and on the stove. But a spider Dutch oven that the pioneers used is even more versatile, and that's why I love it. We've got a couple different knife sharpeners, which is really important because a sharp knife, right, is especially useful. A dull one is going to get you into trouble. My husband actually sharpens all of the knives. I'm kind of spoiled that way. He keeps them super sharp because they are his babies. He actually makes them. He keeps them in maintained really well. For the cast iron Dutch oven, especially for outdoor cooking, so you can use this you can actually use the spider one in the house still in the oven. You just have to make sure that you've got it rotated right so that the little legs are down in between the rack on your oven so that it doesn't tip over. But I use it inside in the regular oven as well, but it's really designed to be used outside, which is amazing. The reason that I like the spider ones for cooking outdoors is because it creates a stable surface and you put coals on the bottom and then you set your cast iron Dutch oven and it's got the legs there so it's balanced on top of those coals. Then you've got your food inside and then you've got this lid and a cast iron Dutch oven, the spider ones, because they're made specifically for cooking outdoors, but you can use them indoors as well. The lid is different. It's got it, the lid is flat and it has this lip on it here because you're going to be piling your hot coals on top and that creates the oven effect because you've got more coals on top because as we know heat rises, right? So less coals on the bottom more coals on top, but you create an oven environment so you can bake in it. I bake things all the time outside and over an open fire with my cast iron Dutch oven. So biscuits, cinnamon rolls, pies, quiches, like anything you bake inside in the oven, you can bake outdoors in a cast iron Dutch oven that has the spider legs. We use them all of the time. When the power goes out, I can use it. We don't have air conditioning here in our kitchen. I'm in the Pacific Northwest, so normally it's not a big deal. But there's a few weeks, usually August and into September, that it does get pretty hot. And so I don't want to turn on my oven or heat the house up any more than necessary. So I will just go and cook outside with the cast iron Dutch oven. I love having it. Then we use it a lot too, when, of course, when we're camping, right? When we're having barbecues and that type of thing. So then I don't have to keep running back inside because usually everybody's outside when you're having a barbecue. And I've just got all my food cooking out there and I don't have to run inside and away from guests and check on things and worry if it's burning. I know that it's all right there for me. If learning how to cook outside in a cast iron Dutch oven is something that you would love to learn or get one of our favorite recipes, you can grab that in the show notes. And I've actually got a free PDF guide with pictures and step by step by step that shows you how to do all of this to cook in the Dutch oven. So you can go and grab that at the blog post and get yourself that free guide because it's definitely a Pioneer Kitchen essential for sure. The other kind of cool thing that you can do, I haven't done it because I have enough cast iron skillets, but you can invert this and you could get it hot when it's outdoors so you could set it on top of a rack over the fire and let it heat up. And then you can cook on the lid as a griddle too. So, you know, for pancakes or frying bacon or eggs or whatever, you can do it that way. Everything tastes better in cast iron and in mason jars. Those are the two things that food tastes better. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know if it's just in my mind, 
but there's something about food when it's cooked outdoors, especially in cast iron. I think it tastes better too. It could just be, could be just something, but you let me know the next time you make something outdoors and in cast iron, especially in the Dutch oven, and tell me if you don't think it tastes better because I totally think that it tastes better. Next up with our cast iron, of course, that every pioneer and modern home should have is a cast iron loaf pan. I love this cast iron loaf pan. I got it from Lodge and I really like Lodge because, and I'm not sponsored by them, but they could totally shoot me some money if they wanted to. <laughs> but the Lodge is made in the US, which I really like. They're a, a United States company and they just do a really nice job with their cast iron. I love this loaf pan. I've been baking homemade bread well, forever it seems, but I bake, a, I bake almost all of our own bread. This bad boy gets used a lot and compared to ceramic pans and porcelain pans and then regular steel tin pans, all of the different bread pans that you can have, this is by far my favorite. I love the way my bread turns out in this and it never sticks. You just oil it well or you can use parchment paper. I just love the way the bread rises in it. It is fabulous. So having a cast iron loaf pan, if you are a bread baker, plus it even looks cute just sitting on the counter. That's the other awesome thing about cast iron. It totally adds to your decor, but it's functional. If you wanna get one of those, and I've got links to all of this stuff for you guys in the show notes on the ones that are my favorites, so you can catch those. Of course, next, which we can't not share, is your cast iron skillet. I love my cast iron skillet. Every Pioneer home definitely had your cast iron Dutch oven for cooking outside and all of their baking needs, as well as a skillet. Having an eight inch cast iron skillet is great because I use that instead of like an eight inch brownie pan or cornbread pan. I just use my cast iron skillet and then I bake all of my brownies and cornbread right in there. It kind of eliminates the need to have some of those extra square pans if you've got the smaller cast iron skillets because that's the great thing about them. They go right into the oven, fabulous. So we've covered our cast iron, we've covered our knives. Next up is wood utensils. Back in the pioneer days, of course, a lot of the things they had to make themselves and they didn't always have the ability to bring a forge with them. Not everybody had a forge or could go to the blacksmith because of course they could get their knife blades if they didn't do it themselves or have a forge, you could get the knife blades made for you from a blacksmith. But for your utensils, not everybody could have metal. So wooden, wooden utensils, because a lot of the times they would be carving these themselves out of wood. And I love having wooden utensils, in fact, wooden rolling pin. I like the wooden slotted spatula. I use this a lot and then just having a nice large wooden spoon. They're some of my favorites. I do have a few metal ones, but I keep them all just right here. They just, they're housed on my counter all the time. You use cast iron on your ceramic top stove. You have to be really careful that you don't set them down hard to crack it because they are heavy. But the good thing about that, they're heavy, but they will last for years upon years if taken care of. So it's not like you're having to replace them all the time or worrying about coatings getting off and in your food with some of the other questionable nonstick pans. And if you scratch it, it can lead to cracks. So wooden utensils for sure were something that they had. And then this, so this one technically wasn't necessarily during the pioneer days. It's over a hundred years old when they first started making these. 1916 was when they first started making these little glass citrus juicers, but it's definitely a basic that I think every kitchen should have. So I love using this one. I use it to make my own homemade lemonade if I'm doing lemon water or limes. Oh my goodness, because marinated lime chicken is one of my favorite things to do. 
I use this all the time and it's really effective. That's one of the awesome things. It works so well and it's glass, which I like, so I don't have to worry about citrus reacting with different metals and things and it doesn't require power which is a plus because then I can still prepare things if the electricity goes out, which happens to us often. Actually, it was just out on me Tuesday evening for about four hours. And the other great thing is I use this when I'm juicing my lemons to make my own homemade strawberry jam that doesn't use pectin. It's also low sugar, which you can grab the recipe for that in the show notes as well. This definitely has a place. Plus, it just looks vintage and cute. I leave it on my open shelves on my island as part of my decor. And I like my decorations to also be functional. Totally fits the bill. That is another one that I said originally from 1916. It's technically over 100 years old, but it wasn't going to be found when we're on the wagon days and the pioneer. But I think it should make our list. Now we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things from the pioneer days as well that every kitchen should have. And that is going to be aprons. The reason aprons, especially in the pioneer days, were so important is because they didn't have the clothes we do now. Seriously, we have to always go through our closets. We're always donating or saying we need to get our closets organized. That was not an issue in the pioneer days. They had their Sunday best, so they had one dress if you were a woman or one outfit that you wore to church on Sunday or for very special occasions. Then you had at least one, maybe two if you were lucky, everyday or workday clothes or dresses, again, if you're a woman. And then you had your really, your tour dress, your really oldest dress that you work. So maybe four, four items of clothing, guys. Those weren't something that got replaced every season, right? They wore them until they were wore out. And then they would transfer on the Sunday best as it got worn, would go to a workday dress and then so on and so forth. They would rotate through them. Having an apron was super important because it helped their clothes last longer, right? It protected them they were doing a lot of work so it would keep them clean so i love having an apron this one i have because it's red and white because when i'm making canning homemade tomato sauce and raspberry jam and strawberry jam and you got the splatters well then i don't have to worry about the red stains because they just camouflage on and in there the other great things about aprons that i have found not only do they keep your clothes clean which is really important but they work great as using as a hot pad so when you've got it on which i could do that So when you have your apron on, you can just grab because the handles of our cast iron, they get hot. So you can use it as a hot pad. So you can use it when you're grabbing a dish or anything like that to help with your, keep your hands from getting burnt because nobody likes that. I love ones that have pockets. This one's a small pocket, but even in a modern home, I can fit my cell phone in there. I can put clothespins in there if I'm out putting clothes on the line, whatever it might be. I can just go ahead and I can even slide the measuring spoons in there if I'm not using them right at the time. So that comes in handy. And then when you're, you know, messing with wet ingredients or your hands or, you know, I'll wash them and then I don't even have to go and grab a dish towel. I just will wipe them right on my apron. And of course, I'm a messy cook. I think that's a sign of an excellent cook. That's my story. We're going to stick to it. Having the apron really helps with that. And if it's a little bit chilly out, I like having the apron on because it adds a little bit extra warmth, especially in the winter times or if your house is cool. I love having those aprons. Plus, they would have their dress on and they'd have their apron on all day. And then if company came, because they didn't have TV, so they weren't you know, listening to podcasts or all that kind of things and watching TV. If company came unexpectedly, they could quickly remove their apron and look presentable. Aprons have their place in a Pioneer kitchen. One of my favorite places, and you guys are in luck, is an apron company that I got all of these aprons from. And I've had these for actually going on four years and I use them all the time. I use them for canning, regular cooking and baking. They have a 50% off right now that's through May, 
I believe it's through May 8th. Let me check my notes here. Yes, through May 8th, so 50% off the apron and free shipping, which makes them cheaper than I can usually buy the fabric and sew it myself if I'm buying the notions and of course not even counting our time. If you wanna grab that coupon code and go and check them out, this one is called the Maryland Chick and it's one of my favorites. So that's this pattern here. It's very vintagey and I love it. So it's called the Maryland Country Chick. This one is one of my favorites and you can grab that. This one I love because it is my daughter's. She has a matching apron. They have kids' aprons, they have men's aprons, they have chef's aprons, they have all kinds of different prints and stuff. But I love that because I think it's important that we teach our children or grandchildren, any kids in your life, how to do this stuff. They need to have these skill sets. So she has an apron that matches mom so that we can get to cooking and doing stuff in the kitchen, which is really fun. I just hang these up on, I have a little old fashioned decorative knob screwed into the wall and I just hang them on the wall in the kitchen. So they're always there ready for use. And again, they double as decoration because you kind of caught on that I like that aspect. These are the three that I keep hanging out that we use the most. Actually just ordered off of this sale because it's an awesome sale. I got the teal chevron stripe and then the hot pads to match it. So I'm super excited. It hasn't came yet, but it'll come pretty quick. You can get that coupon for the 50% off on there in the coupon code and free shipping and go and check that out in the show notes. So I'm super excited. They've got manly ones. They've got a whole men's line. They've got chef's aprons. They got you covered. They got men, women, and kids. You'll totally be able to check that out. And we'll be popping the link in there for the coupon code and the aprons. So I'm super excited and I'm an affiliate for them. I wanna thank you so much if you decide to get one. It doesn't cost you any more and I make a small commission which helps me with the cost of hosting the blog and all of doing all of this stuff. So I wanna thank you. But I totally have been buying from them for years and I love them. Up next, we gotta talk about something that the Pioneers had was, and I love these because they're kind of vintage inspired, but it's dish towels. Dish towels are something, they didn't have paper towels back then. So you didn't have napkins and paper towels and everything. You used fabric and you reused them until they fell apart and basically disintegrated because you would use them, first they'd be your kitchen towels and they just would become rags. When they finally were too rotten to use anymore, you know, they would get rid of them. But having a dish towel is great. I keep a couple just hanging right here and then I will use them when I'm cooking. If I don't have a hot pad, I can grab it like that. And then whenever I'm baking bread or anything like that, when it comes out of the oven, I'll throw this over top just in case a fly snuck into the house to make sure that my food stays covered. I'll use them to wrap food in and I'll even use them to wrap dishes in, especially if I've baked something and I need to take it somewhere. I'll use this and wrap it around the loaf pan or whatever it might be to help us as we're going. So, and of course you could dry your dishes with it too. It is a kitchen dish towel, but I just love those. So these are sheets, they're awesome. They are tin backsplash, they come in sheets so they look like they're small tiles, but they actually come in sheets. I think they were about 15, maybe 15 by 12 or 12 by 12 sheets that you just adhere back. We just put these in right before Christmas and I love them. They clean up nice and of course they are vintage and they were really easy to put up. I absolutely adore them. They're one of my favorite things that we've done in the kitchens. They're just a stamped tin sheet and you just get however many you need for the space and then you glue them on. So they're super fun. Next up is some of my favorite things to talk about is cookbooks, right? Because they weren't going and purchase prepackaged mixes or convenience foods or even really going out to restaurants very often. You were cooking at home in the Pioneer and even when you were traveling via wagon, 
you brought your trusty cast iron Dutch oven and you were cooking along the trail. Some of my favorite cookbooks, of course, this one probably won't come as a surprise to most of you, but this is my book, The Made From Scratch Life. So this is one of my favorite cookbooks, big surprise there. This is all of my family's favorite recipes. So I've got some of my great grandma's recipes in here on both sides of my family, my grandma, my mom's, some of my own, some from my husband's side of the family, from his grandma. So this is really all of our favorite family, old-fashioned, from scratch, tried and true recipes. Because I don't like cookbooks that have, for me personally, that have ingredients. Like if I'm looking at a recipe and it says to use a can of condensed cream, such and such, you know, a box mix of this and that, to me, that's not pioneer cooking. And I try not to use that, those type of items. So this is all from scratch. I'll show you how to make your own homemade condensed soup because it's super easy and you can use, you know, organic ingredients. It whips up in like four minutes. So that's the kind of cooking that you will find in this book. And that's the kind of cookbooks that I love and recipes that I use time and time again. So another thing that you can do, and this is the other one that I use a lot, is you can create a recipe binder. So this, when I got married, y'all, way long time ago, back in 1999, my aunt is a wedding gift. She got me this little kitchen recipe binder. And it, when I first got it, it was filled with these pages. And in each section or each category, she hand wrote out her favorite recipes from her family that were their favorites so that I had some starter recipes to get me started with. And then over time, I just added my own recipes in there as well. And then of course, as the internet dawned and we had that age, I could print out recipes too and add in here. So, but I actually need to reorganize this, but this is a great way to keep those family recipes or your favorite recipes or to create these for your kids or people in your life so that you're passing on, you know, those favorite recipes. Cause if a recipe makes it into this book, that baby is gold, right? It is super good. So what I did is most of the recipes in here came from all of those family recipes that were in here. So I actually keep this one on my shelf and use it more often just because it's easier for me to leaf through because I need to clean this one up. So that can be something though so that you can create some of your family recipes and also it makes a great gift. So bridal showers, that type of thing, fabulous. Or if you've got younger kids, start compiling recipes for them now in here so that they can take it with them when they move out, which is really cool. Now, one of my other favorite cookbooks, I like the old cookbooks because again, going back to the pioneer days, they typically didn't cook with a lot of boxed processed stuff, right? They knew how to cook. And in these older cookbooks, you will get awesome information that's missing from a lot of modern cookbooks. Just little things like, you know, troubleshooting and why you need to do something a certain type of way. So you can go to today's newest blog post and get all of this information and all of the links to everything is in there. So yeah, you can go and check that out for sure. So one of my other favorite cookbooks and it's is the Betty Crocker's Picture Cookbook. Originally this was this one is a 1950s edition and I linked in the show notes to here that you can get that still. Amazon has some used copies. It's a little bit different cover because it was originally in 1950 it had a red and white cover. This one was 1956. It was a reprint. But this one is really awesome. It's really robust but it's really got some cool, just really neat different tips. Like it tells you how to make Canadian honey drops. It's just packed with some awesome stuff. So if you can get your hands on those older cookbooks, this is one of my favorite older cookbooks that I know you can still order and find used fairly easily online, but I like to look at antique shops and thrift, stop, 
thrift stores and garage sales and all of that. I love those old cookbooks. They're so fun. And some of them aren't practical, like some of the recipes I wouldn't use anymore, but some of them are awesome. I've gotten some amazing gems in there too. How to cook squirrel brains. Oh my goodness. You know, squirrel is one thing here in the Pacific Northwest where I'm at, our squirrels are little itty bitty bitty tiny. So nobody hunts them here, but I know in other parts of the country that they were cooked a lot. And especially in, you know, back then when you had to hunt for your food to survive, right? So squirrel is not something I have experience cooking in just because they don't, they aren't in our area, at least big enough to bother with. Today's verse of the week comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. And this is the amplified version. All things are legitimate, permissible, and we are free to do anything we please. But not all things are helpful, expedient, profitable, and wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. This has been one of those verses that I have really been chewing over this week. In fact, I even wrote it down to work on memorizing it. I've been using this verse as a measure to make sure that my activities and that my time, the way that I'm spending it, is actually what I want to be doing with my time. For example, on the days that I've been working at home this week, anytime that I get ready to jump on and do an activity on the computer, I remind myself that I can do anything on the computer, right? I can go in and be on Facebook or different things like that. And that's fine. That's legitimate. But is it helpful? So it's been kind of like a plumb line to take all of my activities and hold them up against this verse so that I make sure that I'm getting done what I need to get done and the things that are really important. And it really transfers over into all areas of our life. You can apply this to anything, which is, of course, is what God's word and the Bible is all about, right? Actually putting it into practice and into our lives. And I've also been using this one, too, with food. Because I can eat anything that I want. I mean, we each have that decision, right? We can eat anything that we want. But is what I'm eating, it's going to be legitimate. It's food that I'm putting into my mouth. But is it going to be helpful? Is it going to be providing nourishment? Is it something that I know my body doesn't really like? And so just using this has been really helpful. So this is one of those verses I have written down and I'm working on memorizing and have really been trying to put into action this week. So I wanted to share it with you because I just have found it so helpful and I wanted to give you that tool as well. I wanna thank you so much for joining me. And of course, you can go to all of the links that we were talking about and the coupon codes and all of that fun stuff and the free guide. So if you wanna learn how to cook with a Dutch oven over and outside, over an open fire, I've got a free step-by-step -step guide that you can grab. So all of that's available. And I can't wait to visit with you next week.